Hi, I'm Peter and you're listening to Defining Boundaries. Welcome back to Season 2. If you haven't listened to Season 1, I'd recommend that you head back and have a listen. There's some great interviews there. Now this week is a little different from the normal listening program. I've been a little slack. Well, actually, I've been quite sick and haven't been able to complete my normal interviews. So I'm having a chat with Michael Hatton from TSS. Or should I say, he is taking over and asking me the questions. I put it out there to my Instagram family and previous guests to ask me anything. And this is what they've come up with. It's a short question and answer to tease your ears until my next interview. Now, I know some of my diehard listeners sent some questions in that didn't get asked, so I'll throw a few of them in at the end of the interview. We have a few questions that we will come back to later in maybe a roundtable type talk, as they seem to be questions that uh, are getting asked quite a lot or are discussed quite often within our industry, and it would be great to have a few discussions about them. Anyway, that's enough of my jibber-jabber. Let's get into it and start this interview. Thanks for listening. Defining Boundaries with Peter Cox. Welcome to our uh, latest podcast, Defining Boundaries. And we have our wonderful host, Peter, that we're interviewing today. Uh, so Peter normally does the interviews, but uh, I will help her today, Michael Hatton. Peter, also known as Pete, PC and Coxie, is a National Training and Development Manager for the Consulting Surveyors National and the host of this wonderful podcast. Peter has over 26 years experience within the surveying profession as a surveyor and educator. She is an Associate Diploma in Engineering Surveying and a degree in Adult Education and Training. She was born in Canberra, oh my God, that's cold, but grew up in the small town called Vincentia, near Jervis Bay, two hours south of Sydney. Growing up, Peter wanted to be a graphic designer and something to do with history. She loves the outdoors, especially the beach, photography, painting, spending quality time watching her three boys play sport and cruising in their old cars or on the back of a motorbike with her wonderful husband on weekends. Wowee. <laughs> Well, you're lucky you got out of Canberra. Yeah, my family, some of my family's still there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice place to visit. That's about it. it. It's a fantastic, great place to visit. And growing up at Vincentia, it doesn't get much better than that. Oh, it was the best. It was the best. Yep. Had the so bush got- behind us and the beach in front of us. So, Brothers and sisters? Uh, I have one brother who is older than me, and I also have a stepbrother as well who's younger than me. Oh, welcome to the Aussie family. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> All righty, let's jump into this. Um, what I'm a bit nervous, <laughs> just saying, <laughs> just to let everybody know this is not, I like being the one asking the questions more so. so. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but I, you know what, I I. I, I Put this opportunity out there because I know what it's like sometimes you you um sometimes the people delivering the message have got an awesome message behind mm-hmm. so let's listen uh let's what see. events led to you getting into the surveying industry okay so I studied nursing for a year uh and then uh went home for a year and had a baby 
and then moved to Sydney on my own. I uh, did a few small courses and realized that I needed to get a trade behind me so that I could look after my little family. Um, so I chose, I didn't want to be indoors all the time. So I chose surveying and I chose landscaping and I got into both of them. But landscaping was four years part time and surveying was two years full time. And that is the decision on how I got into surveying, believe oh. it or not. Um, you know, you've got these people who know who know all about surveying and that's what they want to do. My cousin was doing it at uni, um, but I didn't really know much about it, didn't really pay much attention. And, um, yeah, and then there's the people like me who just kind of fall into it. Yeah, awesome. And Ultima or Wollongong? Ultimo, yes. Ultimo. Had some great teachers there too. Building W. Building W, yep. (laughs) Thank you, Building W. Yes. Uh, and who were some of the, te- what, what years did you go through? I was 94, 95. So there was Grant Kilpatrick, um, Graham Hissey, Peter Cook, Peter Dunn, um, Ian Sheeran. Oh, who else was there? Um, well, I was a year behind you. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, wow. Mm. But, yeah, thank you very much to all those guys and, yeah, legends. Uh, they were, and I was lucky enough to actually, when I went back to teach, I actually got to teach with some of them. So that was pretty awesome. Yeah, fantastic. All right. Um, jumping into a few more questions. Who has had the biggest impact on your surveying career? Oh, that's a hard one because at different stages and I, and I know some people just pick someone straight away. At different stages, there's always different people who impact your career at that time. But I think the biggest thing was um, uh, Jack Keane, who I worked with most of my career. Um, He took me in and taught me how to survey and how to do it properly, old school, occupations, everything. So I basically could do everything from speaking to a client, bringing a job in, doing the job, drawing the job, invoicing it, you know, searching the plans, absolutely everything within a small company. So that that's who I probably accredit most of my. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. I suppose just a couple of quick questions about Jack. I'm not. I don't know, Jack, but whereabouts was Jack based? Did you work in a small firm? Was it a bigger firm? Yeah, no, it was a, a small firm. So when I got there, he had a uni student working with him part-time and it was him and it was me. And we worked out of a converted garage at his place at Woolaware, which is still his office right now. <laughs> yeah, how cool is that? Yeah. Fantastic. All right, what is the... Oh, what is the worst thing that has happened to you while surveying? <laughs> oh, some people know this already. Um, for me, I think it was probably when I was uh, doing a survey out Western Sydney on, it was actually Don, I think it was one of Don Burke's pro- properties, um, surveying when I was about seven, eight months pregnant and trying to climb through electric fences and actually getting electrocuted. <laughs> But it's okay. My my baby's nearly 21. He's okay. There's nothing wrong with him. <laughs> that's not what his brothers say. Yeah, yeah. I did go to the doctors and sort of say, um, this just happened to me. Will the baby be okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Thankfully, it wasn't a very large shock. Yeah. Mm. Wow. <laughs> uh, what is what is some fantastic work advice that you've heard or received? Yeah. Um, so I guess work advice-wise to me would be to don't think that you know everything and to ask questions and watch what people are doing um, because you're, everybody always has something that they can teach you or a different way of doing something or a better way of doing something um, than, than what you know. Um, and asking questions is the biggest thing. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, all right, what are we? Oh, here we go. This is a good one. What advice would you give to young women starting in the industry? Ooh. Or, mm. or even in the industry? Mm-hmm. Because yep. we want to keep them. We do want to keep them. Um, actually, funny, today I was uh, going to the post office to post some stuff and there was a crew of three and there was a young female working. Which I, I should have stopped and spoken to them, but I didn't. Anyway, um, so I guess for me, um, I think it's really important to try and get females into the industry. Um, I'm always out there. I'm saying it loud and proud. I've had a fantastic career in surveying. It suited me. I'm an outdoors person. I get on with guys. I grew up with guys in the street of guys. So, you know, I'm a bit of a tomboy. But loving loving being outside, being able to use your brain, problem solve, all those sorts of things, um, are, it can help you in the job that you're doing. So it's being able to show a young lady what possibilities there are within our industry because it's not just the one thing it's you know if you don't like getting down dirty you don't have to there's other opportunities different things that you can do within our industry you know there's so many different types of surveying now that you just need to find that little niche that you like so it's getting in there and finding what really suits you Um, the possibilities are endless the other thing is that don't be afraid that it is a male-dominated industry because there are so many people there that are willing to support you and guide you and help you, um, male and female. Um, I've had some great people along the way in my career supporting me and mostly males because, you know, I've hardly worked with any females at all within the industry. So um, now there's a lot more females. So my suggestion would be if you are interested to go and speak to those females, find another person that you're comfortable to talk with and ask questions and get the support. There's plenty of us here that are always pushing and encouraging young females into the industry. And you're pretty active on social media, LinkedIn. <laughs> and so for the girls, for the girls yeah. out there, Mm-hmm. Um, just pro, you know, send send Peter a message. Yes, uh, we we want you to stay in the industry. Ask a question, and I suppose it just goes back to that that other point beforehand about asking questions. Yes, yeah. as, as work advice, I was recently listening to something where they say we should ask our kids instead of how was your day at school, what question did you ask? Mm. It's training them to ask questions. So. Um, young ladies out there and, and I've got an um, awesome young lady working for us mm-hmm. and uh, 
I will be making sure she uh, opens opens the lines of communication with you. Thank you very oh, much. Oh, for sure. I am here for. I'm here for anybody. Honestly, um, everybody knows how much I love the industry, and if they need help, I'm here. I'll do whatever I can to guide them in the right direction. Buddy, <laughs> what do you think is the greatest challenge facing our industry today? And then, in ten years' time. Ah. Uh, I think I think the challenges and it kind of comes in now and it sort of looks to the 10 years time is is the technology and how quickly it's changing and being on the front foot and understanding it and knowing how it fits into into our um in, into surveying itself how, how how you actually make it all fit right and and so that we can use the equipment properly and get the quality that we need and having people understand what what instruments or what equipment you need for specific jobs and and how it's used within the community and stuff like that. It's an ongoing thing. Yeah. Um, what is the best tip you would give surveyors, young and old? Oh, once again, I uh, don't think you know everything. <laughs> uh-huh. Don't think you know everything because you don't. Yeah. All right. Here's a doozy. Okay. And these, uh, just to let everybody know, there's a there's a series of questions that uh, that Peter normally chooses from about twenty two or something, <laughs> and then uh, there was a recent email about uh, out to listeners just requesting questions, and most of these are the requested questions now. What recommendations do you give a surveyor mm-hmm. in terms of getting paid more money and more experience? <laughs> it's a pretty hot topic, that question, isn't it? <laughs> Look, to me, this is kind of a two-parter as well. Um, experience, how you get more experience. Well, don't just sit back and cruise along. Get in there. Start to, to work out how the company works, what the different jobs are that they do. Um, start asking to do more things or different things so that you're getting the different types of experience. Um, and then that also leads to if you're in a job where you're just doing the same mundane thing every day and you're not happy, then you need to make a change and find the company that suits you. Um, I think that's the biggest thing is finding the company that suits suits you because some people love construction, some people love land surveying. It's just everybody's built differently. So the experience you've got to you've got to get in, in there. It all comes back to you know don't stand back. Take a leap, take a step. So again, for um, hitting that, that, that question of ask. It is. It is. But totally. Don't wait. Don't wait. Um, you know, you, you have to start somewhere. Everybody has to start somewhere. Whether you come through the vocational side or whether you come through the, um, the higher education university side, you still need to gain experience. So you have to do the hard work. You don't come out of either of those courses knowing everything. So um, you need to pay attention. Uh, Money-wise, well, okay, 
Come that on, kind. Peter, we, we want to get paid more money. How do we do it, Peter? Come on. Okay, so what you need to do is get your experience. You need to make sure you understand how a business works and you need to be productive for the company and make them money. If you're not productive, then you're not making the money. There's also company-wise, well, stop undercutting. Start charging for your services. <laughs> What more can I say? That's the age-old age-old uh, argument too, isn't it? Yep. Stop so, fighting so to get to the bottom. First of all, make it impossible for your boss to say no to you, to the pay rise because yeah. you're so you're so flaming good. Yes. Yeah. Yep. There's that you know I know people who have asked for for pay rises in companies and stuff, and they oh they're not worth it. You know, they, 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 they make mistakes. They don't check their work. They don't validate what they're doing. They just palm it off to other people or they don't take responsibility. You know, you want to be, you want to be responsible and you want to make money, then you have to step up and start thinking and start, start being more responsible and, and, you know, taking charge of what you're actually, be proud of what you're, you're doing. And then there was the uh, other little comment that we should all charge a bit more. Yes, we should charge more. <laughs> and we, We're in a skills shortage where there's so much work on. Why, why charge a client or, or put a quote in for a job to get the job and then not make money out of it? I'm sorry. It's Peter, this is a whole other interview. <laughs> I know it is. <laughs> We can discuss the pros and cons of, <laughs> we can. of charging what we, whatever. Yes. Um, oh, and here we go. Here's another doozy. Thank you very much for these questions. Are you best to stay loyal to one company and move up the rank there or are you better swapping from company to company, getting more money and experience with different surveyors? Yeah. There's two ways of looking at that. Because I remember someone saying, you know, when you work for somebody or you work for a company, if you've been there for more than five years, you go stale and you need to move on. And then there's the other, there's the other side of it that if you're working for a company where you're learning and you're growing and you're moving up the ladder and you're happy, then you stay where you are. Even, even if that means getting paid a little bit less, though, Peter? What's money? I think we've had this conversation before too, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> I, guess you, I guess personally, this is a personal thing for everybody, is that how, how do you want to live your life? What quality do you want to have? Do you want to work your 40-hour week and get paid your wage? Do you want to work 70 hours a week, get paid more? Do you want to work for a company that absolutely works you to the bone? Yeah, you get paid well, but after five or, or eight years, you're absolutely exhausted and you hate what you're doing and you leave the industry. I don't know. And I think you're right. It, it's about personal preference. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and I... I think it's I think it's personal preference, but you raise a fantastic point. Just be aware of how you're going to feel in five or six years' time mm. with that decision, yeah. and 
and but have a thought of that now of what it's going to be are you are you going to want to quit the industry in eight years because mm. you're working 80 hours or 70 hours a week in a tunnel or high rise or road or whatever it is mm. or you know pegging subdivisions and whatnot have asked that question what it's going to be like so that's a um fantastic question <laughs> it is what have you done in your Me? career have you have you and i and i don't know everything about your career i've seen bits and pieces on social media and we've been connected recently mm-hmm. um but what did you do in your career so you started with jack keen how long were you with jack keen well i, I actually started with the rta What's that? Yeah, with the RTA. RTA. Yep. So that was a summer job. Um, I went to an in, for an interview with them after going to multiple interviews and getting knocked back because um, I think I was female and I was a single parent, um, getting knocked back from, from companies. And I went to an interview at RTA and basically went into the interview with the attitude of this is just giving me interview experience. And I'm gonna be and I'm gonna be honest and I am not gonna worry about it. And anyway, I got the job. As I said, it was only a summer job. So I went from there for a month or whatever it was. And then I went to Abbey Group Obayashi on the M2 motorway with yep. Graham Worth. Um, we we looked after all the QA sort of side of checking and making sure everything was running smoothly and all that and sort roughly of stuff. How long, roughly how long? Oh, that's a really good question. I think that was maybe five or six months, maybe. Yep. Um, and only because I lived at Cronulla and I had to go drive to North Ride every day. Um, and I'm not a morning person, as most of my listeners know, that um, getting to North Ride by 7 o'clock or 6 o'clock or whatever ridiculous time of the morning it was just was too too hard for me so and you're a single mum somewhere in there yeah yeah by that stage I had met my 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 now husband so I sort of had a bit more help um and my mum was around but working as well but yeah it was it was not easy um Graham was really supportive he was really supportive where did you go afterwards then I went to Jack and so then I did 10 and a half years with Jack and then where after Jack, I just did some um, sort of drafting consulting work for some surveyors, um, which just got too hard. So I helped a friend out with their company, setting it up with MYOB and their website and their uh, product photography and all that kind of stuff and decided that uh, I didn't want to give up, you know, my 12 years of industry or whatever it was. Um, and I was doing some teaching for Gary Fielder, uh, for Fielder Instruments, um, teaching Civil CAD, just a small, yeah, Rockdale's for small groups of surveyors. And I was really enjoying that. And that's when I made the decision that if I'm going to stay in the industry, I really love teaching and helping people. Um, so I rang up TAFE and spoke to Graham Hissey, who was, you know, old teacher, who was head teacher at the time. He's like, send me a resume. And before Come I knew in. it, before Come I knew in. it, yep. I was in there helping field work and then got thrown in the deep end. Yeah, fantastic. And then how many years were you at TAFE? Yeah, so TAFE was about 12 years. Yeah, okay. So I did uh, nine, nine and a half at Ultimo, two, two and a half 
I think it was down at Wollongong. Did you feel, if you can remember, mm. uh, did you feel after five years that you were stale at, at TAFE? Um, no. No, I didn't. Why not? And why not? Uh, I think it's because I had the satisfaction of the students. Something, yeah, something other than paycheck and, and whatnot driving you and you. Yep. That is a... That is one of the major drivers people watching, uh, you know, younger people learn off them and, and grow. So mm. helping other people. So that kind of ties back into your point earlier where some people say you're supposed to get stale and, and this is an interview about you and I suppose just asking you in your experience, did you get stale and, and why didn't you get stale? Yeah. And, and Look- so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was... You know, dealing with TAFE um, and the bureaucracy of TAFE was very frustrating as a teacher, um, but the satisfaction of seeing the students have that light bulb moment, seeing them progress through their careers um, is such a good feeling, knowing that you've had a little a little bit in their career and seeing them go places um, Fantastic. made it all worth it. And, and there is a solution to those out there that are feeling stale within their careers that if you can even ask for a junior person that you can that you can have some kind of training yes I, I, I I've seen it happen when we got our first lot of Otago grads everyone walked a foot taller and I was like how'd this happen mm. and just you've got TAFE students and, and and so yeah it's fantastic all right moving on. Um, do you think the surveying education realm includes enough soft skills courses? Mm. This was a really good question because I think that the younger generations are kind of missing a lot of the soft skills that we sort of grew up with. Um, And to an extent... It does, some stuff does get taught on, well, I know on the vocational side, um, yes, depending on what teachers you have, I think they learn stuff like that. Um, I think it needs to be a mix of both your your employment and and the learning side. Um, you know, it's it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing to teach and some people have it, some people don't. There's good teachers, there's bad teachers. Um, But soft skills really are important. You know, it's all well and good knowing all the technical side of it, Um, but knowing how to communicate, knowing how to problem solve properly, all these different sorts of things do do make a massive difference um, in, in how they understand how a company should run, how you how you work with different people, how you manage different personalities, so all that different kind of stuff is all important. Yep. Fantastic. Uh, does ACS now run a course for surveys? <laughs> uh, we are in the process of getting courses up and running and approved to run. So it's not actually ACS, so it's Consulting Surveyors National and that's who I'm employed by. Um, I just sit in the ACS office with all the lovely ladies there. 
Uh, we, we are developing the certificate four in surveying and spatial information and the diploma of surveying. Uh, running it differently to how the TAFE system does as we are working in a work-based program. So we will be delivering theory to the learners and they will be getting their experience on the job. They'll have supervising surveyors who help mentor them who sign off on the work that they do. Um, so there's a, it's, it's a whole joint effort. So the company, the supervising sphere, everybody knows what's going on, what they need to learn, how it needs to be done, what evidence they need to collect, how they're getting assessed, all that kind of stuff. So we're not an RTO. We're working with a private RTO. And at the moment, uh, they're finishing going through an audit. So until their audit is finished, uh, we can't get the courses looked at and approved. So I'm hoping in the next month or two, we might be lucky enough to, to get moving on it. Um, in the meantime, I am, I am actually, um, I will be teaching over the next four weeks uh, project management for introductory surveyors for, for techies up to three years on a basic and then also an intermediate one for you know people who have been in the industry a bit longer um, to give them a bit more um, a bit more of an understanding on how a company works how you manage jobs you know some people get given a job and say you've got to go and do this you've got two hours they don't really they just know they've got to go and do the job they don't understand the whole process of it so I'm doing oh, that on my, in my spare time until we get the other course up and running I'm oh, busy <laughs> but I think I think I think this is the solution to the soft skills as well. Yes, it and, is. And thank you very much, ACS. Or sorry, what is it? Uh, CSN. CSN. Yeah, thank you very much to the CSN for doing this course and from everyone in the industry. But doing these little courses like you're doing about project management, mm -hmm. people might learn about due dates. Yes. And turning up to a site on time or when you're going to be late two hours. Mm -hmm. Send them a text message yes. and then your boss doesn't get a phone call saying where are you and you're actually just there getting out your car. But Yep, and variations oh. and, you know, oh, plan. What's your contract item? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely fantastic. All right. Um, we touched on it briefly before, uh, the, the skill shortage we have. Mm. Mm -hmm. What are some solutions you have? Well, I mean, I think we've been working on this stuff for quite a while, getting into the schools. Um, ACS does the diversity day, which is awesome, you know, getting 60-odd school students together from all over New South Wales to come in and see what surveying's about and stuff like that. And um, the task force and, and getting it out there and getting the community to understand, getting people to know what surveying is and what surveyors do and how our data collection relates to everything that they're touching now, everything, you know, their phones, how, how we contribute to all of that. So it's we're working slowly, you know, there's people that are going and doing careers days and things like that and social media is making a massive difference, I think, as well, more people putting it out there. Yeah. Fantastic. And I will reiterate, I remember you asking me this question, and I think if we're just all good citizens of the community, mm -hmm. more people will want to be like us. 
Yeah. And, um, so, yep, thank you very much. All right, what is a commonly held belief in our industry that you disagree with? Oh, now this one got me. This one really got me. I want to have a conversation with you about this one. <laughs> <laughs> this is my question. This I is your a, question. Um, I did a podcast recently uh, with someone else about construction and this was a doozy that they asked me and I was uh, It's a challenging question. We don't all agree and lots of different minds are the answer. Yeah, I I was actually really stumped on this one. I, right. I really was because uh, I, I just. Not a problem. We'll, yeah. we'll move on, but there's a question for everybody. Mm. What is a commonly held belief in our industry that you disagree with? And that might be a topic of conversation or even just run it through your um, through your head. Yes. All righty. It is something I need to think more about for sure. Yep. Mm. And. Uh, Let's jump into the quick shot questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here we go. What motivates you? Helping people. Yep. Seeing people uh, succeed. What's a guilty pleasure? <laughs> yeah, I've probably got a few guilty pleasures, and then depending on on the different things we're talking about. But I think my guilty pleasure is being able to spend some time on my own um, and just be at the beach. That's really, it, that's everything to me. So being, being on my own. <laughs> you grew up with brothers um, in, in, a, in a street of boys in Vincentia, like, go away, boys, I want to be on the beach. <laughs> Understandable. Oh, here we go. How did you meet the love of your life? Oh, I was in boarding school in Sydney when I was uh, 15 and I met Ben then. Um, He was my best friend's neighbour and we got along then. And then when I moved back to Sydney, I just happened to move in across from a car parts shop who ended up being the neighbour from the other side of Ben and we became good friends and that's how I bumped into him again. And, yeah, so 27, 27 years I think we've been together now. Yeah, fantastic. Mm. Great story. Mm. Um, if you see a puddle on the ground, do you walk around it or jump in it? Oh, I'm a jump in it. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Um, Don't even think about it. <laughs> coffee or tea? Oh, so that's a two-parter. I'm a tea. First thing in the morning, I need a cup of tea. After that, one nice coffee and then I'm back to tea. Cat or dog? <clears throat> i got to say both. I have cats, but I love all animals. Favourite song? Yeah, that's really, really difficult. Um, it changes all the time. I love the Hoodoo Gurus, but at the moment, my favourite song is something that was introduced to me by the Black Moods right now anywhere. I heard it was ABBA. You're a big ABBA fan. No, no, that's not me. Nope. <laughs> I don't mind an ABBA song, you know, here and there. No. I think that was Michelle. Michelle was telling me you're ABBA all over. <laughs> favourite favorite movie? Uh, I'd have to go to the Harry Potter movies. Um, I'm not good on remembering movies, but I love Harry Potter. Favourite book? 
Bryce Courtney books, Power of One. Uh, most of his books, I love them. Yeah. Pet peeve? Rude people. Favourite food? Well, I do love chocolate and I love Italian. Oh. <laughs> and cheese and biscuits. I don't know. It's a bit hard to choose. <laughs> uh, Favourite drink? Ah. Uh, uh, I do I do love a vodka lime and soda. Favourite sport? Well, watching it, I love the boys play soccer. Yeah. And if I asked your boys to rate you out of 10 on how cool you are, how would they rate you? Oh, they'd say 11. Oh, wow. That's good stuff. <laughs> And so would I. Hey, <laughs> here's a little doozy just to finish it off. I almost missed this. What advice would you give your younger self? Uh, advice for my younger self would be to step out of your comfort zone, which is, I tell people that anyway, but to don't settle and travel. And you've got one life, go and enjoy it as much as you can. Yeah, fantastic. There's the wise words from the awesome Peter Cox. Thank you very much, Peter. This has Thank been you. fantastic. <laughs> this is round one, too, by the way. There'll be a round two interview later on in a couple Ooh, of months. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Thank you so much, Michael, for stepping in and asking some questions. Um, yeah, it was stepping just gonna, stepping out of your, your comfort zone. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Okay, so there was a few questions that didn't get asked by Michael, but I just wanted to add them in here. And one of them does pertain, pertain, is that a word? Pertain? Yeah, I think so. To uh, the academy or to vocational education, does anyone run a course for survey drafts person? If not, why not? Now, there are drafting courses in the vet sector, um, but they are more towards architectural drafting, uh, building design, those types of drafting courses. So this is something that the Surveyors Academy is going to be looking at once we get our courses up and running. We're going to look at how we can upskill or provide other services to suit the industry. So drafting has been a big question that's been asked of me before. So Anytime you think that there might be something that needs an upskill or a hole that needs to be filled in the educational side, send me an email, let me know because once, as I said, once we get this going and the academy is up and running and we're delivering the surveying courses that need to be to delivered to our regional areas, to the people that need it, we are going to look at how we can help the rest of the industry. So... That's my answer to that for now. Um, <laughs> we have some silly questions and I needed to answer them because I know that if I don't, then my friends aren't going to be very happy. Um, and they're silly, but hey, what's life without having a bit of fun? Um, <laughs> are we alone or do aliens exist? Hmm. I often wonder about that question. I'm kind of sitting on the fence and I guess it depends on who you ask. <laughs> we'll leave that one there. Uh, pineapple on pizza, a yes or a no? 
Uh, sorry, guys, it's a yes for me. I love a ham and pineapple pizza. True Aussie question, Ford or Holden? Well, those that do know me, well, I'm in a Ford family. So if I said anything else, I'd probably get disowned. Uh, we have a couple of old Fords, so definitely on the Ford side. If you pull the wings off a fly, is it then called a walk? Hmm. These questions. Anyway, depends, I guess. Does it still have legs? So is it a walk? Is it a crawl? Or is it a slide? I suppose that's where we leave that one. (laughs) Uh, If you could be a contestant on any game show, which one would it be? I just heard this one the other day on another podcast. Uh, I have a couple that I think would be really cool to go on. Family Feud was one, Wheel of Fortune or Blankety Blanks. So if you're not in Australia, you might want to look those ones up. They were pretty cool old shows back in the, what was it, 80s maybe? Uh, If I had to wear the same T-shirt for the rest of my life and it could have one word on it, what would it be? Well, I guess for me, it would be kindness because that's what it all comes down to, isn't it? Being kind. And one smart ass here. Um, do you want to be a model? I think you're a bit cheeky and you know who you are. But no, I don't want to be a model. I'm too old for that now. I was a model when I about 30 years ago. So let's just leave that in the past, huh? Okay, something a little bit more serious. Uh, Philosophy. Do I have a philosophy of life? They are sure that I do. And how does that philosophy serve you in your career? And I think the biggest thing for me uh, in how I lead my life um, is... Treat people the way that you want to be treated. It doesn't hurt to be nice. One smile, one hello, one helpful hand can make the difference in someone's day. It's not a big thing, but to me, it's it's important. It's important to help other people. Um, you know, philosophy is an overarching framework of things that you lead your life by. There's lots of other things that I could probably add in there. And I read once somewhere about uh, your philosophy of life being um, like a compass and it leads you in that direction. And I don't always have a a massive understanding of it. Uh, I don't think that my true compass is always heading at true north. Uh, I think sometimes I have a little bit of a dusty compass that kind of takes me off the path sometimes and I need recalibrating but that's okay that's life isn't it so um yeah we all have a different philosophy mine is be kind be nice and treat people the way that you want to be treated anyway that's that's the extra questions uh so I hope you enjoyed it. It's something a little bit different to what I usually do for the podcast. Um, Probably maybe not something I'll do very often. Uh, Just, yeah, I've been pretty sick, unfortunately. That uh, horrible C word of COVID, ugh, is not fun. 
Um, and let's hoping in two weeks' time we'll be back to normal listening. So thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in today, having a bit of a listen to the conversation. Uh, please feel free to send me an email, send me a message on social media, LinkedIn, Instagram. If you've got questions or you need some help, some guidance, uh, really important from what Michael said earlier about being there for other people. I am here and to help guide people, to help help them with their careers. If Please feel free to contact me. If I can help you in any way, I will. If I can push, push you in the right direction, um, I'll do the best that I can. Anyway, thank you so much again. Um, I really appreciate everybody who listens in and takes the time to download my episodes. I do it for the love, not for the money. I'd be pretty broke if that was the case. Anyway, have a great couple of weeks and I will catch you all in a fortnight. Defining Boundaries with Peter Cox. Peter Cox.